0: Marcel Joseph Vogel, American spiritual scientist, worked for San Jose IBM Research Center for 27 years and received over 67 patents for his inventions. Among them was the magnetic coating for IBM's disk drive, which acts as a storage unit for a computer's memory. He also created the first liquid crystals display, or LCDs, and had numerous other achievements. His other areas of expertise were phosphor technology— luminescence, and magnetics. After retiring from IBM in 1984, Vogel began the Psychic Research Institute, or PRI, and turned his attention fully to studying the subtle energies in plants, humans, and crystals. A devout Catholic, Vogel developed a spiritual connection with a Hindu teacher in India, where he is said to have a very substantial spiritual awakening. Vogel's research into the therapeutic application of quartz crystals led him to the investigation of the relationship between crystals and water. He found that he could actually structure water by spinning it around a tuned crystal, which allowed him to alter many characteristics of water, essentially converting it into an information storage system. Vogel had already understood the great power crystals had in storing information, as well as transmission, and amplification which could be imprinted as well as programmed by the human mind. Radios are a great example of how crystals amplify information. Almost every radio has a crystal oscillator. They essentially take a sound wave and convert it to an electrical signal to be broadcast. On the receiving end, a crystal of similar frequency is used to reverse this process, turning the electrical waves into mechanical waves that can then be made audible. In 1974, after receiving a vision, Vogel created a powerful crystal strongly resembling the tree of life called the Vogel crystal. Also referred to as a healing wand, the Vogel crystal is said to be cut specifically to maximize the amplification and transmission of healing. Essentially, any thought put into the Vogel crystal can be held, amplified, and transmitted energetically into other systems. This crystal is said to be both an activation crystal as well as a projection crystal. Other characteristics of the Vogel crystal include the following. It is a natural quartz, hand cut with love, cut on the C-axis of the quartz crystal, doubly terminated and polished to shape. The male end, or transmitting end, is faceted with a more acute internal angle where the energy is said to flow out. The receptive side of the crystal, or the female end, is faceted forming an internal angle of 51 degrees, 51 minutes, and 51 seconds, which is the same exact angle of the sides of the Great Pyramid Giza. The Vogel crystal happens to be in harmonic resonance with the intermolecular bonding angle of water and activates the natural internal matrix of the crystal itself. Because water alone is said to be a liquid crystal with great information and energy storage potential, the Vogel crystal can ultimately assist in structuring the information field in water or any liquid or crystalline matrix, including the human body and its energy field. And because more than 70% of the physical body is water, the Vogel-tuned crystal with its resonance with water is therefore suggested to be the perfect delivery mechanism for the introduction of subtle energies to an individual. According to Vogel, the physical body is comprised of liquid crystal systems in the cell membranes, intercellular fluids, as well as larger structures such as the fatty tissues, muscular and nervous systems, lymph, blood, and so on. If, for instance, there is the presence of pain or illness, the crystal, Vogel believed, could act like an energetic scalpel, breaking up this disturbed pattern that exists in the human bioenergy field and then repatterning it into a healthy one. More so, through the use of this tuned crystal, Balance and coherence could be restored by delivering the necessary information or energetic nutrients needed. For years, Vogel taught many medical doctors his crystal healing and encouraged them to set up clinical trials to measure their effectiveness. He conducted experiments to measure the subtle energies in plants, crystals, and those that make up the human bioenergetic field. He believed subtle energies played a huge role in spiritual development, health, and healing of humankind. He also postulated that various subtle energies are ranges of a field that are anchored to the body via the, body, the water molecule. And again, with water having the properties of storing information, it is no wonder our bodies store our traumas and negative thoughts. Marcel also realized the power of intent in healing and love being the greatest force, offering coherence to overcome it all on a scientific level as well as a spiritual one. As Marcel Vogel said, love is the glue of the universe and helps keep matter in form. When I love you, I empower you to bring yourself into a state of wholeness. Today I have the pleasure of having Jeff Masters on my show. Jeff is an advanced somatic therapist, Army veteran, and mystic healer. He will discuss his spiritual journey from a very young age, including his time spent with Marcel Vogel and what his years in the Army taught him as well. He will also share his wisdom on energy, bodywork, and healing.
1: Do you wonder why you repeat behaviors that don't serve you? Do you struggle with self-love? Are you intimidated by situations where you want to stand up for yourself but can't? If any of those resonate with you, you may be living someone else's story. This can lead to dysfunctional relationships, emotional shutdowns, and regrets. Every part of your life may be a reflection of someone else's story. It's time to live your life. In 2005, spiritual life coach Jeanette Dames realized she was living other people's stories. She recreated her life to live her story and love, joy, peace, health, and prosperity showed up. From this deep transformation, Jeanette has developed a six-week coaching program to help you create your life your way. She can help you make it a dazzling reality. It's time to let go of what you absorbed from others and create the life you want. Visit riverangelranch.com for more information. That's r-i-v-e-r-a-n-g-e-l-r-a-n-c-h.com.
0: Welcome back to Love From The Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe and share my YouTube channel and podcast, Love From The Hip, and that's HYP, anywhere you can find podcasts. Today, I have the pleasure of having Jeff Masters on my show. Jeff is an advanced somatic therapist, army veteran, and mystic healer. Hey, Jeff, thanks for joining us today.
2: Hi, Sakura. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Yes. And where are you joining us from?
2: I am joining you from uh, Sedona, Arizona. Oh, Beautiful nice. Sedona, Arizona.
0: Yeah. What's your weather like today?
2: It's clear and brisk. Oh,
0: nice. Yeah. yeah. So, so how old were you when you met Marcel Vogel?
2: I was 16 years old when I met Marcel.
0: And how would you describe him?
2: Um, uh, when I first met him he was uh, he was he was larger than life he was a big uh, teddy bear of a of a, a guy um, salt and pepper beard and uh, thinning hair but what really intrigued me about Marcel was the fact that he was a a scientist and I, I really had no interest in science at the time and and a mystic I mean he had, he was somebody who had some very powerful visions that then directed his, his work and ended up, you know, changing people's lives. And I was very attracted to that aspect yeah. of, uh, of him.
0: Did you end up working with him in his lab?
2: I did. I did. I was very fortunate to uh, to be able to work with Marcel in his lab when I was uh, 16.
0: And was this the PRI?
2: This was PRI, Psychic okay. Research.
0: And where was that located?
2: That was in San Jose, California, okay. um, in this little industrial park on uh, Little Orchard Street in Unit C. It was a powerful space.
0: Wow. And so you had left high school. You finished high school early.
2: I, uh, because I wanted to do this work so badly that I felt my life's calling was, um, was so important. I actually graduated high school a year and a half early and moved out on my own at 16 to pursue working at the lab.
0: Wow. So what are some of the things you learned working with him?
2: Um, One of the the biggest and most powerful lessons I learned uh, working with Marcel was how powerful intention and emotion are and the impact that they can have uh, on your mind and your body and your environment. Um, And of course, uh, you know, being introduced to some of the Vogel healing techniques and the crystals themselves, which were just spectacular.
0: Yeah, I was going to actually ask you to be more specific as some of the things that you actually witnessed.
2: Um, well, at the time, PRI was really like a hot spot for um, healers or psychics or scientists or anyone exploring like the frontiers of metaphysics or science in the 80s. And I, I you know, met Siberian sh- shaman, Jin Jitsu masters, um, Bashar, Transchannel Bashar, uh, um, and even some, you know, people on the frontiers of, I would call it like the bleeding edge of mind-body science like radionic and psionic researchers. Um, I, I met there and I witnessed, um, people who would come in in acute pain, either mentally, emotionally, physically, and in one session they would, they would, they would leave completely pain-free or, uh, their emotion turmoil released or, um, but nothing, really nothing more than, than connecting to the breath and working with, uh, with the people at the lab.
0: Okay. Would you consider the lab kind of like an epicenter for healers from all over the world?
2: At that time, absolutely. Yeah. It was It was definitely a place that you would um, stop by.
0: <laughs> and what was your job specifically?
2: So my job, uh, well, my first job, thinking that I was uh, pretty special when I arrived at the lab because I was invited at such a young age, was to sweep
0: okay (laughs) okay they
2: handed me a broom and uh immediately um uh, taught me humility it was very humbling and and perfect Uh um eventually what i ended up doing at the lab was something called infrared spectrophotometry or measuring the amount of um, a specific frequency of light that would be absorbed into the uh, the structured water itself
0: okay wow and what were some of the things that you were able to do with that
2: um, well, what it showed, which was pretty spectacular at the time, was that, you know, this is just pure hydrogen and oxygen, you know, H2O, and we're, we're running it through this apparatus uh, around this, you know, solidified crystal or rock, right, um, that's been charged with a specific intention or energy, and and across the board, any time that we did that, the, the actual connection or configuration of the molecular bonds within this fluid which would, sh- would change hmm. and it showed an absorption band a specific band or uh, frequency at which the light would be absorbed more easily and the hypothesis was at the time that that was literally where that information um, was being written into the structure of that fluid
0: okay and that that would essentially have some effect on us as humans
2: well, what, it, what was really fascinating was, you know, we could take a crystal and charge it with, uh, let's just say, a, a negative emotion mm-hmm. and run water through it. And the taste of the water would be foul. Oh, wow. And then conversely, if you, you know, focused on love and charged it into the crystal and then ran the water around it, it would have a sweeter, more pleasant taste. So um, it was really a very, you know, direct and yeah. uh, an immediate response. So, yeah. And, and that a, it was, had a direct impact upon us.
0: And that was new information for the time.
2: That was right. way ahead of its time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> way ahead of its time. I think um, Dr. Moto ha- didn't even start yes. looking at that like for twenty years. Right. right. Until twenty years after that work. So.
0: Okay. So, what are some of the things from Vogel that you practice today?
2: Um, so the foundation of my work, which is you know working with embodied traumas and the experiences of our lives. Um, being written into the very fabric of our body, like you said, the liquid crystalline matrix of our tissues and our energy fields um, really started to take shape at the lab. That's where the inspiration of that really, uh, really dawned. And um, I don't currently use um, Marcel's crystals in my work. Um, What I found is that if a practitioner If a healer is able to focus their awareness and their breath i i do i do use marcel's focus of the breath in the work Mm -hmm. if we're able to um, harness that that we're able to do very powerful work to focus it and um, channel it very very much in the same way that the crystals did
0: so you don't necessarily need the crystal
2: that was always my question in the back of my mind as i was working at the lab um you know because a lot of people you know i i wanted this work to be um accessible and available to to many different people And at the time these were very expensive uh instruments
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and uh, and even myself i couldn't afford to buy
0: even uh, even now
2: (laughs) even now right yeah and and i was like well if if this is such amazing research if if we are this liquid crystalline uh, you know, structure, then we should be able to use this same principle, these same principles within our own body and become the channel or uh, um, the instrument for that healing. And so that's what I dedicated my life to, okay. uh, to experiencing perfecting.
0: That's great. Well, um, we're gonna have to take a quick break, but I wanna come back to you know, the breath work that you were talking about. And everyone, remember this is a live show, so if you would like to ask Jeff for advice on ways to progress on your own healing journey or ways to overcome any challenges, feel free to call one 298 kknw or 425-373-5527 after this quick break.
3: The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space,
1: Has your life been interrupted? Has the carpet been pulled out from under you? Have you had to pivot, start something new, start over from scratch, or create something completely new? You're not alone. Come hear stories of others just like you. It's a brand new podcast called Interrupted, Act Two, Reinventing Your Legacy with Coach Lori on Apple Podcast or Spotify. U-R-A-Skinandmind.com.
0: Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. Don't forget to tune in right here on KKNW every Wednesday at 2 to 3 p.m. for more Love from the Hip. Today on Love from the Hip, we have Jeff Masters. Jeff is an advanced somatic therapist, Army veteran, and mystic healer. So, Jeff, before the break, you were talking about the Vogel crystal isn't exactly necessary and that we can actually <laughs> use breath work. Um, can you elaborate more on that?
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, so the the breath technique, so breath mobilizes or can mobilize and does integrate with the the primordial energy of our body, um, also known as, you know, prana, chi, mm-hmm. ki, guan energy, whatever you want to call it. Um, the breath is a direct um, kind of modulating dial for it, if you will. And so... Um, and it, it is part of the vocal practice. Uh, in my own work, w- what I would say, easy, easily accessible techniques for people, your listeners or anyone really out there who's interested in working with the breath is um, to just think of the nature of your breath. So if you do a, sh- uh, a very quick, sharp exhale through the mouth, it's almost like a, a pulsing or a piercing like <laughs> that, just the sound of it even has a kind of a sharp focused like you think of it as a point or yeah, like a knife exactly and then if you if you do more of a long slow exhale through the nose for instance like that has more of a dissipating or uh, like uh, spreading out effect of the energy or a smoothing or a calming effect of the energy and inhales are the same way so if you're gathering for instance you're gathering this subtle energy or this imprint or whatever it is whatever manner using you using the crystals or your hands then taking a sharp breath in is almost like like pulling it out very fast if it needs to be moved quickly like in in the case of uh just as an example my my daughters will fall or scrape their knee or bang their their elbow or something and they'll and it'll it'll hurt and they'll come to me and i'll just put my hand on it and use that sharp inhale and gather that that intense energy there that intense primordial force there, and then exhale it out into the earth to be reconstituted, recycled, reintegrated.
0: So, and at the and same time, you're thinking of the fact that you're bringing this in and where then where it's going?
2: Exactly. That's perfect. You're right on target. So the two tools that we use are our breath and our intention in the form of our vision, our inner vision, because it's, the, it's that inner vision that actually drives or mobilizes or directs that inner that inner primordial energy so as i'm holding that i would do that breath while i'm envisioning or visualizing that energy moving and at the same time the third piece the most important piece is to actually feel it now um it might start off as like i'm just imagining this i don't know what's going on you know faking it Um, but eventually it's like a new muscle you know the more that you do the practice the more you work with it actually becomes a very palpable and uh uh, body-based sensation
0: Mm. It's second so, yeah. nature. So Absolutely. is, is the breath work then, would you recommend like when you, you were using your daughter as an example, would she be doing the breath work too at the same time? Or was this just for the facilitator and the healer?
2: Uh, that, uh, my, so my students, they know this. Uh, my favorite term is it depends. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they gave me a t-shirt that said that, but, um, <laughs> it's so popular. Uh, so it really depends. If, if I notice, let's say my daughter is uh, really agitated or um, upset, then I would cue or direct um, her to, to connect to her breath and use that to calm calm the mind and calm the body while I'm doing that work. And then if the client has that level of um, of desire to like engage in the process, then absolutely I would connect them to that breath work and maybe even sync it to their breath so as they're exhaling i'm inhaling as they're inhaling i'm exhaling so it, it's almost like it becomes this give and take of that energy as we do every day in our lives with
0: right. each other. and i imagine it doesn't hurt to involve them
2: not at all yeah. in fact that's the whole point of the healing process is to empower the other individual
0: right right so let's talk about when you first got interested in the realm of spirituality how old were you <laughs>
2: um i was probably around five if i'm honest and um was around my mother and my grandmother and um i just noticed that things were a little different like things would move in the house or um i would see things that weren't there people or um uh things on the body. Um, you know, I was, I always, I always laugh. I got my first uh, training in massage because I was the, I was the resident foot massager in my house at five years old. I would massage (laughs) everybody's feet. So, and what I noticed even at that age was that I could tell based on what they were experiencing, what I was feeling in my hands
0: Mm.
2: and it really tuned me into them. And, and then, um, probably a year or two after that, um, I had a pretty powerful experience that that fractured kind of my my understanding and perception of of the what we would call reality and from that point forward I I knew that what we see um every day is is simply just a a projection
1: Hmm.
2: of those like you know subtle energies that are um kind of at the root of it all
0: what was that experience You're not allowed Um, to be vague on my show. I'm I'm not allowed to be vague. Okay. (laughs) I'll try and be as direct as possible.
2: (laughs) Um, We lived in a house that was, uh, everybody has these stories of living in a haunted house, but um, we lived in a house that had burnt down three times and was built on a, um, at least what the, 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 uh, historical society had said, was, it was an Indian burial ground. And, um, there was one evening where I was literally pulled from my bed um, and moved, if not thrown ac- across the room by some of these, uh, these souls, these spirits, if you want to call them that, that were locked into our, our plane because mm-hmm. of the way in which they had passed. And, you know, as I know it now, um, I was the brightest light in that field that they were locked into living in that house that they were drawn to like a moth to a flame right and so um you know i would wake up every night and in pitch dark and step out of bed and i would run in any direction and never run into a wall or window and then they would come out of this darkness um, and i would be i would just be an abject terror and, and basically pass out Hmm. Um, and that happened over and over and over again until this one moment and um, finally my parents decided it was smart to move
0: okay so you actually told them what was happening
2: oh, th- yeah every night every night they knew okay what was happening and they couldn't do anything about it
0: did they believe you and
2: they oh well they were also having experiences their, oh, of their of their own my mother was seeing you know um, the torso of a of an Indian um, chief walking up the stairs. Of our two story house, and she got pushed down the stairs. Oh, wow. By somebody that wasn't there. You know, unseen hands would like shake the door, rattle the door, and try and open the door. Nobody would be there. And yeah. um, Really, really powerful experiences.
0: Yeah. And definitely time to move. Yeah. (laughs) Well, with that, we're going to have to take a quick break. But everyone, stick around for the weekly skinny. On this weekly skinny, I would like to discuss sound healing and skincare. In a recent article called The Sound of Skincare, Sound Healing and the Spa by esthetician and Reiki master teacher Charlene Windus, published in Dermoscope magazine, Charlene talks about the importance and history of sound healing. She explains how our bodies hold different frequencies or vibrations unique to us, as well as how each organ and chakra holds its own vibration as well. She explains how different sound healing techniques do exist and can be integrated in any wellness practice. She spotlights the chakras and their function of expanding and contracting while transmitting and storing energy in response to outside influences, including sounds. She goes on to explain how each chakra connects to a layer of the auric field, and each contains a vowel, color, and musical tone. So then, sound healing works to harmonize and balance energies within the chakras and the auric field. She outlines each chakra and their tone. The crown chakra represents the B note, and when using sound tools with this resonance, it helps to clear, balance, and harmonize. Third eye chakra, when using sound tools dialed in to the A note, connect the chakra to enhancing connection to the spiritual plane. Throat chakra, when use sound tools tuned up to the G note, the sound will penetrate the chakra and support the release of energy and restore balance. Heart chakra, when using a sound tool tuned to F, allows openness as well as balance to occur. Solar plexus chakra aligns with the E note, and using sound tools tuned to E will help to strengthen, shift, and restore balance. Sacral chakra is tuned to D, and healing tools will help to balance, align, and harmonize this energy center root chakra is tuned to C, and sound tools will help to ground, center, and stabilize energies. Charlene explains that there are a number of sound healing tools available, including crystal singing pyramids, crystal singing bowls, Tibetan singing bowls, and tuning forks. She recommends adding this on to any facial for an enhanced state of relaxation. I could not agree more with Charlene and her support for sound healing, especially in skincare. I myself incorporate sound healing in my facials at Sakura Skin and Mind to fold in relaxation with restoration and rebalance, not only for the skin but for the mind as well. Charlene is an amazing Reiki master teacher and esthetician here in Seattle. If you are looking to study Reiki, I encourage checking her out at charlenewindus.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And feel free to email me at sakura at lovefromthehip.com with your comments, your questions. Let me know you're listening. Today on Love from the Hip, we have Jeff Masters. Jeff is an advanced somatic therapist, Army veteran, and mystic healer. So, Jeff, at what age did you get into yoga and meditation?
2: I uh, At eight years old, I was initiated into uh, the wisdom tradition by a gentleman named lewis who uh, taught me meditation and and yoga
0: how did that even happen
2: (laughs) Um, my stepfather at the time had uh, put me into taekwondo to quote unquote man up and um, i noticed lewis was uh, practicing yoga in one of the classes and i went over and asked him about uh, learning it and he he offered he said if you Meditate and practice with me for six months, I'll initiate you. And of course, I, I jumped at the chance.
0: Right. And you had already heard of yoga. Right? I
2: had. I was, uh, because of all the other experiences, I was looking into, you know, what can I do to to, uh, to, to, learn more? I mean, a lot of people out there, are, you know, what's the next step? Where do I go? And so I was, the joke was I was the only 10-year-old in Northern California who took his entire allowance and purchased New Age books from the local bookstore.
0: Wow. A highly um, awakened child.
2: I, I was very lucky.
0: Yeah. And then you went on to have two other um, significant mentors. Who were they?
2: I did. At, at around the same time, um, uh, fortune would have it that I was introduced to my my primary mentor, whose name was Joelle. And then she knew that I, she observed that I was uh, very interested in, in body-based work or bodywork or somatics. And then she introduced me to who would actually become uh, my body-working mentor, Ronnie.
0: Okay. And were you practicing what you were learning?
2: I was. Um, so Joelle would uh, teach me and take me through meditation and connecting to energy and consciousness studies. And at the same time, Ronnie would literally took me under her wing and taught me everything she knew about massage and, and structural body work and the deeper energy work, working with the, the tissues.
0: Wow. That seems so advanced for a child. But it just you absorbed it really quickly.
2: I had no idea what I was being given at the time. I just thought, well, this is great. I'm going to, you know, learn everything I can. And I and I really did apply myself and I was very, you know, hungry for what they were teaching. I think that's one of the the main reasons that they invested so much time and energy.
0: Okay. yeah, I was going to ask why they picked you. So were you actively trying to heal the public and complete strangers as well? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I was definitely trying to earn what I had learned. Um, and uh, I would work on my family, of course, and then um, friends at school. And but one, one really interesting situation I think your readers would, or your listeners would appreciate is um, I had a cousin that worked at a pizza parlor and I went in and worked with them and people would come in to get pizza and I would literally uh, work on them and heal their headaches in the booths. And to me, it didn't seem out of the ordinary. I was just like, oh, this is just another value-added service for your pizza. Right. Um, but it was, it was. I think back now, and I'm like, wow, uh, that's a pretty amazing place to practice your work.
0: Yeah. So were they returning for the healing or for the pizza?
2: They did. Uh, I mean, <laughs> like I, I would hope both. I mean, you know, uh, having all that, you know, have that kind of compassion and love for people, I think it makes the pizza taste better.
0: Right. Exactly. So here you are, this awakened kid, right? But then what happened when you were 17? What did you decide to do?
2: I decided uh, that I would join the army. So I had left the laboratory and um, moved back home. And, you know, I, I wanted to continue to serve and protect those around me. And I thought the best way that I, I knew to do that was to learn to be a true warrior. And um, that's why my service in the military came to me, I believe.
0: Okay. And so a lot of people actually that I've interviewed have had their spiritual awakenings while in service, Mm -hmm. but you already came awakened. So did it make the experience different for you?
2: Um, It did. It made it uh, very intense. Uh, To me, awakened uh, is this expansion or opening of our perception to the forces that we perceive to be, you know, at the time greater than ourselves in that moment. And we we, When we open that aperture of perception, we awaken to a, a quote-unquote reality that was hidden right, by the, the noise of our mind and our life. And so in the military, all of that information coming in was really overwhelming. And um, in the beginning, I actually had to shut down in order to uh, maintain.
0: You had to shut down what you had learned prior.
2: I had to really close, yeah, a lot of that stuff off until I learned how to integrate it fully.
0: Okay. And what were some of the aha moments you had while you were in the Army?
2: Yeah. Um, It it really honed my ability to turn into the embody tune into the embodied nature of um of our of that intention that Marcel had talked about and how it impacts our life. Um, I could now see how people's intention was actually extending out and through their body, and um, you it's almost like a set of ears you could hear it, you could smell it, you could perceive it Hmm. in a very in a deeper level. And um, instead of taking that energy wanting to leave like ascend. It really shifted my perspective in channeling that energy, bringing it down and and transcending. So that was really the biggest uh, that came from the Army.
0: And you were jumping out of planes.
2: And I was very lucky to be airborne. Yeah. Yes, ma'am.
0: And you had told me a story earlier about something that your sergeant said to you. (laughs) I was hoping you could share that.
2: Yeah, I uh, uh, I was stationed to Panama. And, um, but I was tactical. So my job basically was uh, traveling into the jungle and doing my, my job in the jungle. And, and I was this kid from the foothills of the Sierra Nevadas and wasn't used to the jungle. And so the first time we were sent out, um, you know, we're packed in the back of this big truck and going out into this weird environment. And there's a little bit of fear, a little bit of trepidation. And I had this wonderful Sergeant standing next to me as we're driving into the jungle. And he just looks over at me and says, you know, when it's your time, it's your time. You're gonna go. So just be present and do your job. It was literally the the, the again one of those quintessential moments, like somebody handing you the broom. It was kind of like be here now mm-hmm. and just do what you're here to do. And um, instead of really getting caught up in the fear, getting caught up in the ego, um, it was a it was really a, a very deep spiritual lesson and one of those like lightning moments.
0: And you had told me, too, that you realized in being in the Army that any experience can be a spiritual experience.
2: Yes. So yeah. that uh, that moment and, and many others really um, opened my eyes, helped me to uh, realize that uh, we, we often categorize a spiritual moment in a specific expectation or container. And everybody has... Moments that reach beyond what is, quote unquote, normal to them. And those are the opportunities for a spiritual moment. Every moment in life contains the essence or the energy um, that makes you who you are, that that connects your consciousness to this experience of matter that is you. And so, again, if we open our perception or awareness up to the, the space between those moments, they become transcendent. And so every moment becomes a spiritual moment.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. It sounds like, too, that you spent most of your early years, you know, in the spiritual world. So you needed to be grounded, right? So the army...
2: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs)
0: The army pretty much grounded you, didn't it?
2: First five minutes of basic training, I was completely in my body.
0: (laughs) I bet. I bet. And how long were you in for?
2: I was in for eight years.
0: Okay. And then why did you then end up
2: leaving? Um, I really, I really felt as if I was being pulled to the next phase of my, my learning and teaching. And I I did exactly what, you know, uh, what I had been taught and what a good, a good student is able to do in that moment. I reached out to my mentor and spoke to her and realized that I needed to honor my teachers uh, with my life's work. And so I I transitioned into uh, civilian life.
0: Okay. And then did you end up teaching from that point?
2: I did. I actually taught my first workshop in 1993 while I was still in the military. And what was um, that like? (laughs) uh, It was it was daunting, um, (laughs) nerve wracking, same as jumping out of an airplane, just with a bunch of people in front of you. Uh Um, So the same lessons applied, really. Um, What was actually bringing the discomfort and the anxiety was my expectation and connection to ego.
0: Okay. what was your class on?
2: It was on harnessing and um, and channeling your your primordial energy.
0: Hmm. And was this for your peers in the military as well?
2: I used them as guinea pigs for my class. Okay. I asked them to sit and listen to it before I took it into the general public. And, uh, they were, they were, they, they were good to me.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask, what was the feedback?
2: Oh, it was brutal. I mean, they, um, they told me exactly where I was, you know, not connecting with the audience, where I was not making sense. And there, there were even a couple of skeptics in the audience that, uh, Um, that that took me to tasks and asked the hard questions yeah and what was really interesting is the the questions that they were asking at the time were science-based and since then since 1993 we've actually had uh, you know discoveries in science that support what I was teaching
0: oh that's great so it's good to see (laughs) yeah so. so do you carry on the teachings of your mentors that you had when you were little
2: I do yeah I do I actually um I believe that that The best way that we can show our love and appreciation for those who have come before us, who've sacrificed for us, and who have shared their time, wisdom, and love with us is to teach what you can. And so I I live my life to be able to do that.
0: You pay it forward. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, with that, we're going to have to take a quick break. So everyone stick around for more Love from the Hip.
4: A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H dot com.
0: no problem. With Astera Skin Care Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skin Care Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at Asteracare.com. That's E S T H E R A care.com.
4: Mystic Journeys invites you to an innovative nine-day spiritual retreat in the heart of Tulum, Mexico. Join them this fall from November 9th to November 17th, 2023, for a unique blend of guided tours and spiritual workshops. From the Beachside Villa, they'll explore the ancient ruins and stunning beauty of the Mayan Riviera. In their workshops, expert facilitators will help you develop your spiritual gifts, increase your vitality, and invite synchronicity into your life. Learn how to embody Qigong, astrology, seven sacred flame meditation, sound healing, and ancestral indigenous teachings from a local spiritual elder. Space is limited to 12 participants. To see the full itinerary and apply, visit harmonhealing.com. That's H-A-R-M-O-N healing.com.
0: Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and to subscribe and share my YouTube channel and podcast, Love from the Hip, and that's HYP, anywhere you can find podcasts. And if you're just joining us today, I have the pleasure of having Jeff Masters on my show. Jeff is an advanced somatic therapist, army veteran, and mystic healer. So Jeff, how do our subtle energies tie into our healing?
2: Mm, That's a great question. everything is energy. Our body, our mind, our our consciousness, all of it is energy. And so matter is simply just a a consolidation or crystallization of that uh, subtle force. And so as we're healing, whether it's through food or meditation or any of that stuff, it's all affecting and working with these subtle forces around us.
0: Okay. And then how would chakras tie in as well?
2: Um, Chakras are, if you could maybe you think of it in, in the, the way it's almost like a, a plexus or um, an intersecting of these subtle forces at a specific center of our consciousness that represents or has a relationship with um, a specific part of our manifest physical form of the body.
0: In a, in a sense, you're tying into different organs. Is that what you would say as well? Yeah, they're actually, Systems. they're
2: almost like the, um, you can think of it almost like the, the holographic, um, blueprint for those organs.
0: Okay. And do you address chakras in your work?
2: I do if it's necessary, if the client asks for it, or if I, um, if I intuit that the tissues are connected to the consciousness aspects of that center or, um, or the structures associated with it. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I have to ask when you first see somebody, what's the first thing that you do in healing?
2: I look at their eyes
0: you look at their eyes. Why is that? Mm-hmm.
2: Um, because the eyes are a, a fantastic doorway to seeing what their vitality is like, how much actual force or um, energy that they're, they have. And if you see somebody whose eyes are are, are um, bright and vibrant and active, then that gives you an idea that uh, there's a lot of a lot of energy there. Their nervous system is strong, mm-hmm. which will assist in in holding any any kind of work that you do with them in the subtle energy realm.
0: Like their life's their life force is strong
2: yes and then and their nervous system kind of like the the wiring of their home is able to support any charge that goes across it as opposed to if the the eyes are dull or their body is injured or there's something going on and and um, you know they're adding energy adding energy adding energy in the form of whatever you know uh, remedies that you're trying to use but it's not sticking you really have to start working with those systems
0: all right and then you also tie in yoga and meditation into your work too right
2: I do. I, I really believe that yoga is the most comprehensive and effective science for realizing self-awareness. It includes physical practices and subtle energy practices, such as meditation. And um, my work includes all the tools of, you know, on-body healing, whether it's, you know, off-body energy work, all the way to structural realignment of, of tissues and viscera to really working with the clients to assist them in navigating their own healing journey with the practice of yoga.
0: Okay. I have to ask you, what's the biggest personal thing that you've learned having had done yoga and meditation from a very young age to this point?
2: Um, I have learned through this. So everybody, this isn't just for, you know, sages sitting in a cave in the Himalayas or, Um, on the banks of the, of the, of the Ganges um, or in a studio, this, this practice is for everyone in every moment of their life. You know, we're always evolving and um, transitioning throughout the different aspects and stages of our life. And so this practice, it meets you where you're at. You don't have to adapt or change your body or your mind or your life to yoga to meet it. It meets you where you're at and then assists you along in your healing journey or your journey to self-realization. Hmm.
0: And is that what you've gained from it? Self-realization? I've absolutely
2: gained that. I'm lucky to have that, uh, that aspect of it.
0: Yeah, um, that's awesome. Well, let's talk about your school. Can you okay. share with us about your school?
2: Absolutely. Um, so my uh, my school or my clinic is the Master's Institute here in beautiful Sedona, Arizona. And we, uh, we work really hard and diligently to partner with local studios and organizations all over the country to deliver teacher trainings and certifications. We, um, I offer one-on-one healing sessions here at our clinic. Um, We do retreats here. Um, It's a, it really is a a place where people can come and experience um, kind of the, the quintessential work that's become a part of my life.
0: That's awesome. And one of the classes you are teaching right now, I love the name healing issues in your tissues. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can you share it's with a us theme. a little bit about that
2: <laughs> it's really my life's work is yeah. identifying and uncovering and, and healing the issues in your tissues the story of your life is literally woven into and written into the tissues of your body and that story informs and impacts the way in which you perceive the world and interact with it and um for the for the positive and the negative and so when people are in a uh, an injury or a disease cycle working with some of those imprints or Uh, impressions that are that are woven into the tissues can help to create space for true healing to arise and so that's the the key of my work
0: okay and if the story has been there for a very long time can it still be replaced
2: or removed absolutely the practice actually allows you to first of all become aware of that story and then lift the ink from the pages and you know depending on what the purpose of your practice is the the, the purpose to your healing journey, it allows to, you to either rewrite that story or erase it. Yeah. And reset it. And um you know, I really I have to give you so much uh um credit uh with your own healing journey. I you, you can see that.
0: No, oh, thank you. In
2: in your healing journey, you've done that work and it's it's amazing. Thank you. So
0: thank yeah. you. Well where push. where do you hope to grow from here?
2: Um, you know, I I really believe that this is an exciting time in the history of humankind, and, and we are all of us um, are at the forefront of a massive shift in consciousness. And based on the state of the world today, I feel that it's that it's our responsibility, yours, mine, your listeners, everybody out there, to to leverage whatever resources we have, whether it's our awareness, our gifts, to increase global consciousness and awareness and ultimately light if you know, <laughs> if not for ourselves, then then especially for the next generation.
0: Yeah, for our children. That's beautiful. Exactly. So how can my and, listeners learn more about you or sign up for a webinar or a class?
2: Um, well, in light of all that, uh, you know, my team and I are, are really making a concentrated effort to offer the wisdom and gifts I've been given with a broader audience. So we're, we're doing that by launching um, our online academy, uh, starting with my webinar tomorrow. We're looking for more opportunities to expand in-person events, both nationally and internationally. And ultimately, um, we want to reach the leaders of tomorrow. Um, I have a very deep desire to pass along these skills and teachings in the same way that they were given to me to the next, to the next generation. So they can reach me through um, uh, the Masters Institute website, www.themastersinstitute.net, uh, or my own website, uh, jeffmasters.net.
0: Awesome. Thanks again for being here today, Jeff.
2: Really a pleasure, Sakura. And um, to you and your listeners, you know, you all are playing such an important role in educating and uh, increasing, you know, uh, awareness for the population. So I really, I really appreciate the opportunity to be here with you today. Thank Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. And thank you to Eric, my lovely producer, and you, the listener. You can find me at lovefromthehip.com or skin And remember, really love the show. Drop me a line, sakura at lovefromthehip.com. Tune in next Wednesday at 2 p.m. for another Love from the Hip and make self-love contagious. Go ahead. I dare you.